All right, it is finally time for the episode that it seems like we've been mentally preparing to do for the last week or so. Juan Soto is a New York Yankee. Music hits a little different tonight, Henry. How you doing? You know, I would like to start this off by saying we got a lot of got a lot of people here who may not be too pleased about this news, but I'm gonna keep it non-toxic. I'm gonna be happy that my team made a move that they needed to make. Um, we have some other news to speak about as well, but obviously Juan Soto to the Yankees, even if it's just for one year, I think I'm I'm comfortable with the package especially including Trent Grisham, who's a great defensive replacement um, and just another lefty bat. So, you know, it's, it feels good and it's a time of peace. My unbiased, untoxic take is that this is the deal that the Yankees have needed to do since 2009's offseason. Yeah. I think the big, bad New York Yankees have been... They needed, they needed to lacking. get their guy. And I know this happened a couple off seasons ago with Garrett Cole. And that that needed to get done, and it did. So you could argue that it's the first since Garrett Cole. But well, but it there's something there's something all like Teixeira esque about it. like like getting your big time lefty slugger bat. Like that's that's what the Yankees thrive off. I'd argue this is the best lefty bat that the Yankees have had since Reggie Jackson. I'd go beyond Teixeira. I, I think that, but I, like if we're talking about two thousand like two thousand eight yeah. off season. Um, Nico, how you doing? Knowing that you have no shot in the A at least. Hey, hey, I, the Red, the Red Sox are a great team. Look, Henry's feeling good tonight. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm rocking with my the kings of interest with the Boston Red Sox. I'm ready to be really in on Yamamoto and lose him. And, you know, just again, Davin, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be shaving this beard into whatever you want because the Red Sox are basically like the problem is I don't even know what the Red Sox could do with the Yankees um, getting Soto. I don't know what the Red Sox could do to get, to get fourth place. I mean, like, how are we getting fourth place in this division? But I think the Yankees, again, great move. Um, it sucks that I have to hate Juan Soto now, which is like, cause I really like him as a player, but now he's probably going to be my least favorite player. Um, I think I'm actually a lot more like, I guess, optimistic if I was a Yankee person, I really think that the Yankees will sign him because I have the experience of a guy saying he's going to go to free agency, gets traded to a big market team and gets signed to a massive extension a la Mookie Betts. So I know a lot of people are saying that this is a rental. I would not be surprised at all if this isn't a rental. I mean, can I just quickly interject and say like, I was one of the, I was one of the people more scared of, acquiring Soto just because of the the rental risk um but at the same time it just sort of feels like I don't know I think with the package that we gave up I'm it's I'm if it blows up in our face and even if he does go to the Mets right I'm still glad that we got a year of Juan Soto because frankly a year of Juan Soto will will keep me invested enough to watch like because there, there were points last year where I was like, this is just brutal baseball to watch. And Juan Soto being who he is pa- paired with Aaron Judge and um, and by by midseason, my sweet pookie bear, Jason Dominguez, he'll 
like this is it's a watchable team and that's really all i'm asking for right i don't i don't i still don't think the yankees win the world series this year that's not what i'm predicting to happen but they there will be a watchable on-field product until uh mid-may when all of us are hurt and I yeah think- Go ahead, yeah, I, the thing about this move is that exactly what you said. Maybe they don't win the World Series. You can't guarantee a World Series, but it shows that they're wanting to win a World Series. I think that the Yankees, kind of the flaw that they've had over the last couple of years, is it seems that their team has just been built to be good, not like great, not like championship. Where it just be like, oh, we're just going to be a solid above five hundred team. With and they've always been like kind of just knocking at the door, but never good enough to just get there. This is the move that you make when it's like. We want to win a title. I don't care if it's a rental. I don't care if we're trading away a lot of pieces. Because at the end of the day, no one talks about the pieces you traded away if you get a ring. It's that simple. I've said it a million times on this podcast. No one cares how many times you get second place and how many times you're above 500 if you don't have a ring. So look, they can go and they can win. If they win the World Series next year, they can, it could be a rental and they could lose five pieces. But guess what? At the end of the day, when we look at 2024 in the, in the record books, they would have a World Series. That's the move that they made. Agreed. And Henry, I do want to, because I know we are focused heavily on the Yankees perspective, but we will give a shout out to the other side of things. And if you want to give a brief description of, to your best of your knowledge, the five guys that you guys did just give up, obviously 10 out of 10 times. And I agree, you make this trade with the San Diego Padres, but it's not like the Padres got absolutely nothing in this deal. Oh, no. I mean, I think that you have, you have Kyle Higashioka, who I just quickly want to applaud because I know a couple of Yankees fans, um, who are who are so sad to see him go, not because he had produced especially well over the past couple of years of his Yankee tenure, but that's that he was the longest tenured Yankee. He had been in the organization since 2008. Wow. Really? Um, yeah, since 2008. Um, so that, that was just like sort of a cornerstone of the Yankees. But with Michael King, honestly, I am one to not really applaud Brian Cashman too much, but his... If this, if this was a part of the plan, right, if they eyed King as a trade piece, having him make those 10 five-inning starts at the end of the season and having him show that he has the possibility to become a starter was a genius move. Um, and I don't know when the next time you'll hear me say that about Brian Cashman, but Michael King obviously is the cornerstone of this uh, Yankees package. I was a little confused when they were going over the injuries. Like, yeah, he did hurt his arm but you knew that going in so why are you why are you so stressed when you knew about a possible injury but yeah Mike King is he's great right he's got great stuff and especially if he can turn into a into an innings eating starter that's going to be a great pickup for a Padres team that needs pitching and then you have Johnny Brito Randy Vasquez those are two projectable young arms and I'm I'm sort of curious to see how they pan out right Brito had some had some real bright spots over the over his time in in pinstripes and Vasquez. He only got you didn't get that much time, but those are two guys who could turn into something, and they're good guys to take a to take a flyer on. I'm not gonna lie, I haven't watched too much of Drew Thorpe highlights. I've heard that he's I've heard that he's a stud, right? The minor league but pitcher of the year. I, I I've heard I've heard that he's yeah. a stud, but um. But at the same time, I'm so scared of every Yankees uh, pitching prospect that comes up that I, I'm totally comfortable making this trade. Obviously, he could end up being the, the guy that the, oh, the Yankees trade away Drew Thorpe and he wins the NL Cy Young in five years, right? Like, that's possible. But once again, 
the Yankees had to make this trade, but it's definitely a good package coming over to San Diego. Yankees World Series odds have now gone from plus 1,400, which is the sixth best in the league, to plus 800, third best in the league. Teams are buying into Who's the- are Who are both? That would be a great question. If I knew from this graphic, I'd let you know. But if I had to assume Braves and Rangers. That would make Dodgers. sense. Maybe Dodgers. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, maybe Houston, good call, Matt Potter, who's behind the scenes today. Out of boy. I don't know if that was just a shout-out that you're here with us. But um, I think another thing to mention, this is a historic day because it's not often that a 24-year-old who is probably on pace to be a future first ballot Hall of Famer is now being traded for the second time in his career. And it's insane to think that he was supposed to be a national for life. He turned down, and yes, this will be interesting heading into the offseason, $440 million is the reported number that he turned down from the Washington Nationals. Which means, and I think Henry, you can agree, he's not signing an extension in the next year. Unless Cashman and Hal come in with a number that probably I'd guess starts with a six. So he's not signing. I mean, I I don't I don't disagree, right? I don't think that he signs an extension. However, when you look at the at the contract that was actually presented to Juan Soto, right? Like as what he was like a 20-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. All of the money was deferred. If I'm hit, like if I'm him, I'm kind of, I'm kind of taking that a little personally. Like the contract structure that the Nationals offered him was based mainly on deferred money. And while yes, he probably didn't want to stay a National for life, I think that did have something to do with it. So while I do agree that I don't think the Yankees will sign him. I think that there's a little bit of a difference depending on the actual structure of the contract that the Yankees offer. I think it's also interesting to note that I don't think the Yankees are done. I think if you go in with this move, I, as much as I've said for the last month, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a Met, and we do have confirmation that Steve Cohen and David Stern spent some time last week in Japan with him. If you're Hal, why not? 300. Go all in. Now you're not done because look at the Yankees rotation. You're missing a big piece. And the weird thing is you gave up a lot for Juan Soto. The Yankees still have a lot if they want to go get Corbin Burns, if they really wanted to. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you still have, I mean, I know a lot of Yankees fans love him. Henry loves him. You still have your Jason Dominguez. You still have Anthony Volpe. You still have Everson Pereira. You still have Oswaldo. Not Oswaldo. Um, uh, yeah, well, you have Oswald Peraza and Oswaldo. Oswald Peraza. Peraza. Thank you. Yeah, you have Oswald Peraza. You still have a lot of pieces to go and make either another move. Again, like you said, I don't honestly think it needs to be Yamamoto. I think that there's other people, like you said, Corbin Birds, maybe a Dylan Cease. There's a lot of other people that the Yankees could get to make a move. And I think that this is why, this is the true reason you do stockpiling of prospects. I think that a lot of people, they look at the Braves and the Orioles, like what the Braves Braves have done, and just expect that that's something that's common, that you go and you stockpile off prospects and every single one that you call up pans out. That's not how it works. Usually it's kind of like a 50-50. I mean, Jerickson Prokofar was a number one prospect and was seen as a sure thing for the Rangers and really hasn't amounted to a number one prospect value in his career. 
again, you don't really know what prospects. What you do is you stockpile a lot of them. And when you have the value, you go and you punch in on the value on a guy like Juan Soto, on a guy like Dylan Cease, on a guy like Corbin Burns. Yes, is it good to have people like Anthony Volpe that you can call up and have be a mainstay in your roster? Yes. But the reason you have a good farm system is for when there's guys in the MLB that you want to get and people who are looking towards the future like the Padres, this is what you do with it. So that's I applaud the Yankees for being able to strategically use their farm system to their advantage and still putting them in a good spot to either make another move or go out and sign someone. Let's bring in a guy here now and David Halpert behind the scenes here for side retired and David this summer, you renounced your Yankee fandom and we are holding you accountable because we are not allowing you tonight to come here on the podcast and say, I'm a Yankees fan and we're back in the evil empire. And I'm ready to buy my season tickets because an oath is an oath and we're a man of our word and you know, we're not going to let you flip flop. So in your unbiased opinion, How's it feel knowing you jumped off the bandwagon at the absolute worst time? Uh, I mean, I guess I can say, I guess I made a wrong move. Absolutely made a wrong move. I mean, I still hate what they did last season that made me jump off with the continuously bad playing the reason why they continuously bad playing was just the offense was so horrible. And I knew that they needed an up, uplifting in their offense. And when they got the first trade the, with the Red Sox, and I was like, okay, that's fine, but are they really getting Soto after that? And then that when they got Soto, I was like, wow, you got – Two lefties plus an extra outfielder who can also hit lefty in in a span of 24 hours. I don't know how Brian Cashman did it, but I got to show him respect. Yeah, I mean, and also, again, just to touch on, like, the entirety of the Yankees, like you were saying, Verdugo for the better part of the year was an 800 OPS hitter, which is something that the Yankees just didn't really have a lot of. And I think that, again, a lot of the writing being on the wall, like – for him being gone really like led to a slump at the end of the year for up until like August, early August, 800 OPS hitter. You're getting Alex Verdugo, who again, if he's re-energized and again, is looking for a team that's going to make a push could be that 800 OPS hitter and a lead off for them. Juan Soto that easily in the matter of 24 hours went from a righty heavy, heavy lineup that can't hit besides Aaron judge to a team that, has a lot less pressure on Aaron Judge and a lot less pressure on Anthony Rizzo, DJ LeMahieu, and Glaber. I do want to yeah. – Can I comment on that, Nico? Sorry, Dylan. Um, um, you're absolutely right, Nico. And um, and they said about um, Verdugo that he had really solid stats against the Yankees. But the question is, with Boone being criticized – of course, and of course, Cashman being criticized the last couple of seasons. Will this lineup click? Hopefully. They finally got their lefties. No more all righty lineups, hopefully. I think this is finally a good lineup and a, with a, a good amount of star talent. Hopefully, betterness, more better play by the Bombers. Henry? I mean, I we were talking about Yamamoto earlier, right? Like, he, he's got the sex appeal, right, of, like, 
I think obviously there's Otani, but I honestly put at this point with the way that everything's unfolded with Otani, I put that in like a different class of like the free agent negotiations, right? Like he, there are six teams fighting it out. He'll decide and it'll be an ungodly amount of money. Yep. Um, but, but Nico brought up the great point that there are other pieces outside of Yamamoto, right? Like, and that's what I'm sort of hoping the Yankees do is like, because we need another pitcher now, right? Like Michael King was slotted to be our four or five this year. And I don't think you can, I, I'll show it on the Zoom. I've got a Nestor Cortez jersey. I love Nestor Cortez, but I don't think you can fully trust him with the injuries that he had last year and the struggles that he had to be back to his 2021, 2022 Nestor self. So making a, a real quality, high-powered pitching move is super important. Whether it's Yamamoto or not, that's up for debate, and I would love for it to be Yamamoto, but it doesn't have to be. So I I hope that the Yankees aren't done, but even if they are, like Juan Soto's a, a Yankee, so I'm not I'm not going to play for the rest of the offseason. Again, like there's a real world where the rotation that the Yankees had was as simple as people got hurt, we needed an offseason for everyone to get back, and you still have – Cole Rodon and Nestor Cortez looking back like their 2021 selves, 2022 selves. I mean, there's a very good chance. I'm not saying that that's something you should bank on, but let's not sit here and act like Rodon for the better part of the last three years, besides the year that just come back, wasn't one of the best lefties in baseball. And the other one of the other ones was Nestor. I mean, there's a real world where you guys don't make a move and everyone just goes back to what they were two years ago. And you guys are sitting with, again, one of the best rotations in baseball if Garrett Cole could repeat the year he had. I mean, yeah, and I just I'm just hopeful that that if you give Rodon a full spring training, right? Like we saw he sort of got bit by the injury bug like early on. And I think that that really did mess him up when it came to how the rest of the year unfolded. So I think if if Rodon can get a full spring training, I'm feeling confident. I think I've got two points here before we look at the flip end of this. As much as we've talked about now, a very stacked New York Yankees lineup, and that is the truth. I wouldn't be stunned if we see a Glaber Torres for Edward Cabrera trade now. I think Marlins fit up really nicely, whether it's Edward Cabrera, AJ Puck, someone that starts for the for the Miami Marlins makes a lot of sense. They've been interested in Glaber Torres for the past, feels like three years. I think we could definitely see a trade there. And the second thing, uh, this is going to cause controversy, and I almost feel like not saying this because we're already pushing towards 20 minutes on this episode. Don't care. It's Juan Soto. We're taking as long as we need on this. 45-minute episode. Brenton, the Bronx, buy-in Queens. We'll see you in an offseason. See what happens. I mean... I'm, I'm going to be honest, and I hate... And you guys, you guys really rented Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. You guys... Oh, really we rented him. Him out really We're still well. paying him for the next three years. I, I don't like this. I think Juan Soto, and it's going to piss me off because it means, again, I have to hate him. Juan Soto is going to stay a Yankee. I don't know if it's in free agency. I, I just, Juan Soto is staying a Yankee, in my opinion. I I'm think confident he doesn't sign an extension. extension. Scott Boris Klein. I don't think he signs an extension either. I think if he wasn't. I don't think he needs rep, to. I don't think yeah. if he was rep by someone else other than Scott Boris, there's a chance new team, all of the Mookie Betts deal, which, sorry to rub that. Your face again, Nico. No, but, I mean I've said it. Like Scott times. Boris is not going to let a generally generational talent like Juan Soto forego free agency unless the Yankees throw an offer that starts. Yes, so, and, and again, mean, but there's again with this trade of Juan Soto, you have to assume that the Yankees are basically saying here we're going back to being the 2009 Evil Empire. And if you think that that's what they're trying to do, 
them signing Soto to a massive extension isn't out of this world. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but for us to act like we're not talking about the Yankees, a team that could just print money and blow it on whatever they want, like they did all of 2009. Like, let's not act like this isn't in something that the Yankees could do just because they haven't done it in the last decade doesn't mean that they won't go back to doing it. I mean, the and like the one other piece is like, Dylan, I don't think you're necessarily wrong, right? I don't really know where rent in the Bronx buying Queens. I don't know where that saying came from, but you know, like, sure, I guess. Um, We're rolling it, for the next year until he signs the extension. By the way, I mean, like, so you can you can let your toxicity flow through your through your blood as much as you want, but I was so I, good for the first like twenty as, minutes. I, I know, I know. It's it's like it's only human nature. It's okay. Um, you should have seen me after DeGrom signed away. I was toxic as hell. Um, <laughs> but I think that this is the type of like, honestly, like, obviously I said it before. I really hope that he signs an extension. That would be absolutely electric, but this is the type of move that makes me happy solely because even if they don't resign him, it gives me hope for the future of the organization that they're willing to go out and get their guy. Um, so even if it does end up just being a one year thing, I'm I'm comfortable with that. But I really do think that if anybody's gonna have the case to keep him, it'll be the Yankees. I think it's a good move for the New York Yankees. Like objectively speaking, and I know I just threw that phrase out there that we're definitely gonna put on a banner and print on the dorm room as we speak. But your time merge. It could, you know, Christmas is coming up. But this is a move that resets. I know there have been Yankee fans that have said, how sucks, he's not his father, and the Yankees aren't good, and we're going to roll out an outfield of Franchi Cordero and Willie Calhoun and Billy McKinney. That's gone. Your outfield in September is Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, and Jason Dominguez. Yeah. And I, mean, I know we've seen that everywhere, and it's starting to set in. I don't think it, it has. It, it, it hasn't. It, I'm going to be honest, it hasn't set in. For we'll me. The, and we're going to have this debate in – technically two months which is crazy to think about but it's sooner than we think you have the number one center fielder in baseball now aaron judge which is still weird but we'll we'll get to that in a second and you have the best right fielder in baseball juan soto they, no they don't who's the better right fielder? Oh, we're, we're not gonna get that that's not the argument I was, all right debate for a different time but I, 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 all right i'll lie <laughs> okay so what i was trying to say with that but Mets hater, Mets hater, Mets hater. He's getting toxic. But that's not what I was trying to say. Because <laughs> uh, I hate Acuna more than I hate the Yankees. But, <laughs> but no. Think about it. You have Jason Dominguez for the next seven years. Yeah. You have Aaron Judge for the next nine. Eight, nine. It was a nine-year deal. Eight. Nine and for 360. You could have Juan Soto for the next decade. And that's your outfield. And then you have this dude named Spencer Jones, who's a freak of nature as well and we'll figure out what the hell happens with him but first base first base question mark uh we'll see but this is as much as i want to be toxic right now i got nothing like congrats yankees you shut me up and i i think yamamoto's next for the can i add on okay go ahead Mm david um even if for example juan soto doesn't get the extension i think this is when it comes to the past 20 years and when it comes to left-handed at bats this is the most important at bat by a left-handed swing 
the Yankees have had since Hideki Matsui. That's a good take. I like and and the fact that we also I agree. And the fact that we also got Trent Grisham in the trade, who can play center field as well, play any outfield. What do you mean position. we, David? Yeah. Hey. Hey. Unbiased. Or, or as long as the Yankees, I meant, I meant, I, also with the Yankees getting Trent Grisham. My point is with the Yankees also getting Trent Grisham in the trade with Juan Soto. That's a great outfield depth because Jason Dominguez, he's injured right now. He's injured, and that's a good veteran center field piece in, in case they want to don't want to start Judge in the center field spot. Yeah, David, you have to April, April opening day. We said it, opening day. You're able. Yeah, to- I'm just tired out. I'm just you're tired good, out. And uh, no, it's exactly I'm, what you said. Yeah, like, and total- but I gotta give Brian Cashman credit once again. I didn't think he was gonna make any of these moves, but he shut me up as well. So respect to you, Brian Cashman. I, I mean, yeah, this is the move that made everyone hate the Yankees. That's like that's the big thing that I've taken from this is. Again, the real reason that everyone hated the Yankees wasn't the the fact that they won the championships, which it is a part of it. But the big reason is how they won the championship. A lot of it was we you can have your favorite player, we're just gonna get him eventually. That's that was the story. That's been the story of the Yankees. That they went went. I mean, that's legit the actual plot for the first 30 minutes of Moneyball. It's like, yeah, we got Jason Giambi. Like, that's literally what the Yankees MO has been. And for the last decade, it seems like it's been like the outside of Garrett Cole, it's just been none of that. Like, and this was the move that makes it be like, yeah, remember, it whichever guy like- we truly want, we can get. And I think that Dylan and a lot of people have kind of been jaded by that because of Steve Cohen. And it seems like he will just throw as much money to the wall and see what sticks. But yeah. again, don't re- don't forget that at the end of the day, if the guys in the Bronx want someone truly, they'll eventually get him. I mean, yeah, it's and I now that we're talking about owners, I can circle back um, to what Dylan was saying about how like Yankees fans have criticized Hal, right? Yep. But I mean, the tone in the media and I think with the fans sort of started to change around around literally a year ago today. This is the anniversary of Arson Judge appears headed to the Giants, which, by the way, interrupting. So, oh, oh. The I New mean, York Yankees Twitter account. I don't know if you saw what they, they tweeted out a couple minutes ago. No. They said that J-O-N Soto appears headed to the Yankees. Stop the, that. Amazing internet content from the New York Yankees. Stop Twitter. that. That's so good. Did they keep the, it up or did they delete yes. it? No, they've, they've kept that up. So. Send that send that to the side of tire chat, please. Yes, I, I, um, yeah. Great interneting there. But yeah, that's really good. Um, but when, when Hal got on the call from Italy... When Hal got on the call and and hammered it out, said like with Judge, said, "What do you want? We're gonna make it happen." That was the first time that it was like, "Oh, okay." And then Hal and then Hal for as for as ridiculous as these press conferences after the season have been, um, with Cashman just like with Cashman just sort of feeling like out of his mind, um. Hal was very upfront and being like that was unacceptable. I was like, okay, okay. So if if Hal like Hal is on the up and up when it comes to the opinion of the fans, and I think that for a long time, because I was I was four years old when the Yankees last won a championship. I'm gonna be honest, I don't really remember it. 
That's insane um, to think about. Not yeah. to rub it in, but I was 15 when the Red Sox won their last one. Sorry, go on. Yeah, thanks. Um, I, I um, was negative. Like I said. Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was four years old when the Yankees last won their, like their last championship. And so I don't really remember it, right? I have grown up in a time where the Yankees were hated because of stuff that happened before I was born. And then for the most, for most of my internet dwelling life, the Yankees just get clowned. Like, it's not even like we're like, we're hated. We just get like clowned because we suck and we don't do anything. So this is the first time I've actually gotten to experience like, damn it. The Yankees like took the Yankees went and got the best player possible and I'm like it's a weird feeling, but it's not 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 what too the bad. Yankees did what the Yankees did was for what they've done for the last decade is they've made analytical moves, and the best two decisions. This was a balls made, move. Exactly, the last two decisions that the best two decisions they've made in the last decade have been screw the analytics. We're just gonna put our balls on the table and go and get the get the guy. That the best two moves they've made is re-signing Aaron Judge, also Garrett Cole and Juan Soto. Those you don't need analytics to tell you how good these people are. When you go and you crunch, the Yankees don't need to crunch numbers. It's that simple. Teams like the Yankees, teams like the Mets who have Steve Cohen, teams like the Red Sox, big market teams don't need to crunch numbers. It's that simple. Obviously, the Mets are a freaking disaster, but that's a whole different conversation. Hey, the Mets are a respectable team. Big markets don't need to make these analytical moves to go and pinch pennies. That's the raise job. That's the team that goes and has their park an hour away and in a playoff game can't even fill up half their seats. That's the job of the Yankees is we don't need analytics because all we need to do is look with our eyes at who's the best player in the league and get them. That's 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 the Yankees MO. That's the Red Sox. What the Red Sox MO should be. That's what all big. That's what the Dodgers MO is going to be right now when they get Shohei Otani. Like, you don't need analytics to tell you how good Shoei is. You don't need analytics to tell you how good Aaron Judge is. You don't need a ton of people on your staff that have never seen a baseball game, and all they're doing is looking at charts and graphs on StatCast. You don't need these people. All you need when you're the Yankees is be like, yeah, who are the top 10 players in baseball? Let's see how many of them we can get. And that's exactly what this move is. Two quick points I want to add in because uh, we are pushing over an hour out of boy, fellas. No way. <laughs> We're, we're buzzing right now. Um, but one thing, the flip side, and I'm also going to parlay this into the Arizona Diamondbacks just acquired Eduardo Rodriguez on a four-year, $80 million contract. An option takes up to $100 million over five years. Great signing. I called it, actually. You did? That's good. I believe so. That'll, I believe that'll, so. Don't worry, that'll be on the Instagram, 100%. But what's the state of the NL West? Obviously, there's speculation that the Dodgers are going to sign Shohei Otani. Even if they don't, the Dodgers are the favorite because that's how the NL West works. The Diamondbacks, I guess, have to be the number two coming off a World Series appearance and now signing Erod and remains to be seen if they have more moves in them. The Giants, we'll see. They have Yoshinobu Yamamoto on their radar. They have Otani on their radar. They have Matt Chapman on their radar. But as Arson knows the Giants have a lot of people on their radar. So the Giants are in flux. And then the Padres, they're bankrupt, apparently. Or well, they, they took out a $50 million loan. They just traded a generational talent and they have the expensive contracts of Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Yu Darvish, Joe Musgrove, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. I don't know what's up with the Padres because trading Soto would indicate that you're 
selling and you're not going for it in 2024. But Mark Feinstein of MLB.com is now reporting that their number one target is Jung Ho Lee, who I guess you can cross off that Yankees list, even though I know that was initially a guy that that's you, okay. Yeah, that's okay. But I don't get why the Padres would now sign him if they've been crying poverty. And they, this would be a move that indicates they don't want to compete next year, but it's kind of hard to not compete when you have the seventh highest or 10th highest, wherever they are payroll. And I think they're actually third highest payroll in baseball last year, but Snell, Soto and Hater coming off the books. Yeah. This is exactly kind of as much as I hated the fact that Xander Bogarts left the Red Sox because the Red Sox mistreated him throughout the whole year. Let's not forget the fact that Xander Bogarts, as much as I love him and sing his praises, he got overpaid. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, he got paid like he was the best shortstop in the league by a mile when he really isn't. So that's this is kind of like when you start to see the repercussions of that, when you kind of have to start paying guys like Soto. They went and just clearly overspent on a guy because they were kind of frantic. Something very similar to what the Giants could do if they go and they miss out on a couple guys and maybe they overpay like a Matt Chapman. This is what happens when you get eager and you kind of get a little antsy because you didn't sign someone. And now they're seeing the repercussions because, again, Xander Bogarts, again, love him, but that's a bad contract. It's not going to age well. They really overspent on him. And now they just had to drop a guy who is, gonna again, is going to be one of the top five baseball players for a long time. When a year ago we were talking before Xander Bogarts got signed on if he was going to get extended by the Padres. And now we're looking a year later, he's traded and – they're sitting with a contract that of a Bogart that's only going to get older. They have a Cronin with guy who, again, doesn't is playing first base when he's the shortest player on the Padres. Manny Machado, great contract, but it seems like it's going to be like he's going to sit there. And Fernando Tatis, who, again, for intensive sure. purposes, is a shortstop that can't play shortstop, so they had to stick him in right field. And well, I mean, to be like, fair. Yeah, he looked really good out there. He, he, he won did. a gold glove he out did. there. Like, he did. I'm not, I'm not saying that he did bad. But, Although, no, but I, I do see what you're saying. Like yeah. they have so many positional like uh, arrangements that they have to make. Yeah, they have a lot of moves that they have to make. And now and that's all stemming from the fact that they went last year and overpaid for Bogarts, a guy yeah. that they didn't need. Like at the end of the day, uh, does Bogarts help them? Obviously, he's a good shortstop. But Bogarts wasn't an pressing need that they had. Yeah. Simple, and, simple question. And I'll ask you guys this. For the next decade, because that's what it basically is, would you rather have Bogarts at short and Tatis in right or Tatis at short and Soto in right? I think it's, it's not even close. It's not close. Exactly. And, and I'm saying this again, and, and it sucks for me to say this because Dylan, on the podcast, off the podcast, I praise Xander Bogarts. Yes. I mean, Dylan knows how much I love Xander, mm. but it's just objectively true that you'd rather have Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis. I mean, we're talking about two of the top 10 players in baseball versus a top five shortstop and one of the top 10 best players in baseball. I mean, and the thing is, the again, the whole problem with that is the contract didn't need to happen. Like, no one was like, how could you not sign Xander Bogarts if the Padres didn't get Xander Bogarts? Like, no one was going to be out here saying that. And all you did was put another contract on the books that made you have to take out that loan. So right now they're sitting in a weird spot because they can very quickly be in a hole for the next decade after they seemingly just climbed themselves out of the hole with Tatis and Machado. And then the last question I have for you guys before we wrap up here is we hit the midnight hour. So, of course, we're going to get this out on an instant reaction now at this point. It counts as our Thursday episode. And we've got a very special, not to plug it, but a very special episode coming out for you guys on Friday announcing something pretty cool for the podcast. So we're 
Henry's running on a high for these 48 hours of so I'm so excited. I I, I I must so say I'm, like no, I'm I'm on a completely different note. I'm so excited for this announcement. Like when I when I heard about this, I got so pumped because this was this was something that I I'm so proud of us. It's get a little sentimental out here at the end of this podcast. I'm so proud of how far we've come that like this was this was something that I would see on Instagram and I would be like, wow, that would be sick. And like, I mean, and to see us achieve something like this, which which is coming out soon, which is being announced soon. I'm very proud of where we I was gonna say, we've you come. Yankee fans who are fully bought into the organization now with Juan Soto and you're in the festive spirit. We got you on Friday. You know, there might there might be a little thing that you could do on Friday uh, to fully engage your Yankee spirit. But as part of the announcement, obviously. But to wrap things up, we're going to go around the horn and we're going to say the domino effect. And you can, I assume Henry's domino is going to be something related to the Yankees and David, probably something related to the Yankees. But if Nico, you want to go a different approach or if you want to, if we all four of us want to just go, what's the domino effect for the New York Yankees? But plain and simple, I think it's official everywhere. The teams have announced it. Once so does the New York Yankee. The deal got done. The winter meetings are over, which... Technically, this doesn't count as a winter meetings deal because the Yankees had already flown out. So I think we can officially say one of the worst winter meetings we've seen that we didn't have to do a single instant reaction episode in the four days that everyone was there, but hopefully better things next year. But what is the domino effect? Who signs next? Who gets traded next? We're going to exclude Otani. That's the, that's the key in this whole thing because I think as Henry summed it up perfectly, Otani's in his own bubble and we didn't even get to talk about it, and trust me we will in our weekend recap Sunday night if he hasn't signed yet by then Dave Roberts basically killing the Dodgers chances and the Cubs being very coy about whether they've talked to him and the Blue Jays and you know Otani's in his own bubble so we'll treat him off to the side but who signs next who goes where what's the next domino to fall in the MLB offseason and Henry as our resident ecstatic Yankee fan you can go first yeah um i think i think that across the league i think the next domino to fall is the mets sign yamamoto i think i think that's i think that steve takes it personally and i think that he goes out and he gets yamamoto because he has the money to do it um however for the yankees i think we we stay in we stay in japan go over to yokohama and sign shota imanaga Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were going for another. No, no, not yet, not yet, <laughs> not yet. I like it. I think Conan. By the way, if you haven't checked out the side retired Instagram, I'll I'll raise my right hand and say, "Oops," on the post that we made tonight. But Nolan does not know ball. We we can get the Michael Jordan. I took that personally and, and put Steve Cohen's face on it and get that. Right. I think I I I think that that's a reasonable like a reasonable guess. No, I like that, Nico. Um, I think this is going to go – I'll just take it in the Red Sox perspective. I think the Red Sox are either going to do one of two things and it's going to really dictate about how the next couple of years are going to go with this Breslow guy. Um, we're either going to get Yamamoto or we're going to overspend on a mid guy. Uh, Whit Merrifield seems – I'm pretty sure Whit Merrifield already signed. So, no, technically, the bar's gone. You're good. The deal is not done yet, although he's going to be talked with the Chicago White but, Yeah, it seems like the one of two things – this is kind of just – delineated the crossroads it's made a crossroads 
really apparent. It's look, your counterpart for a hundred years just made a move. Are we going to do what Heim Bloom always did and be like, we're just going to stay patient. They've said multiple times we're staying patient at certain positions. So are they going to do that? Or are they going to see this move and they're going to be like, we're going to try and get someone. If I'm the Red Sox, which obviously I'm a fan. So I'm saying this, you have to take this personally the same way that you just said Cohen takes it personally and you have to get Yamamoto. At this point, if you're the Red Sox, Yamamoto is a must, whether there can't be a number that gets passed, you have to get him. David. Um, I'm actually going to go a different route and say a pitcher is going to reunite I'm going to say just coming off his World Series championship with the Texas Rangers, I'm going to say that Aroldis Chapman goes back to where his career began with the Cincinnati Reds. I think they need some bullpen help, and um, they could use Chapman again, I feel. David, I thought you were throwing up a lob for a Monty a uh, lot for a Monty Me return too. home. I thought you were, you were that, that was more of a setup than my base star setup. Wow. That you you had me you had me going. I was shaking. I will much as I don't want to do this. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is gonna get a new nickname. Yamasoto because I think the Yankees are going all this out. Is, this is the funniest thing. I have never seen this in baseball in my life. And maybe it's just us because I feel like everybody else is so confident that their team is going to get him. Why do we all have no confidence? Because the thing is, like, so we funny. have to report on this. Like, since again, like from the year I've been here, like my life has just been like looking at stuff and like at baseball, like a lot differently. And I've just really been able to highlight how much the Red Sox organization has sucked. And I think that that's, especially since it's three teams that vastly disappointed last year in all of our eyes, it's kind of like, why are we expecting anything different? Like, again, I don't expect anything different from the Red Sox because I don't know this guy. At the end of the day, the Red Sox haven't done anything. So right now I'm just here in like the dark, like, are we got our smart guy. Yes, thankfully he's not a guy that was in the office. He was a former pitcher. But are we going to get analytical moves or are we going to get the we're the Red Sox and we're actually going to pay for someone move that got us three rings in in the last millennium? I think the only team that's actually confident that they could sign Yoshinobu is the Dodgers if they miss out on Otani. Because I think I hate the Los Angeles Dodgers. I I hate the Dodgers so much. I hate them. I hate them for what they represent. I don't hate their fans. I don't even hate the team. I hate that. I hate what they represent. Not hate. It's jealousy. Yeah. I've learned yeah. to realize that. But Steve Cohen made the comment that we're the East Coast Dodgers. And well, you know, that, all I'm saying, that's not working out. everyone's jealous of the Dodgers. Everyone's jealous of the Yankees because they got Soto. Who, who, who has the most rings of those four teams? The San Francisco Giants. Nope, no, Red Sox, Dodgers, Yankees. Red Sox, Dodgers, Yankees. And Don't throw the Mets in there. That's just being mean. <laughs> the San Francisco <laughs> Giants. We're tied. What are you saying? We're tied. Yeah, no, the four. Three. Wait. Red Three. Sox are four. Four? Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty... ah! <laughs> We're entering spooky hours. So you know, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm clinging on to right now. This is what and I'm saying. So retired after when the dark, Red Sox just got solidified as last place, what I hold on to is the four rings. I... 
honestly, what I hold on, Dylan, this is my last, this is my last comment. Um, I just want to quickly say thank you to especially Kyle Higashioka and Mike King. Um, no, especially Kyle Higashioka. Um, I'm going to miss you. You were so funny. You were, you had the best interviews. He was, he was more deadpan than Jeter was in Jeter's prime. And then also, um, I'm not traumatized by the Red Sox 2018 ring. I'm traumatized by Brock Holt's cycle. Brock Holt hitting a cycle in the 2018 ALDS. I, I still have nightmares about Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely telling. I think this episode, to round things up, the evil empire is back. Finley is currently our great digital media guy sitting right in front of me working on a hype video TikTok. So definitely some fun things ahead for the New York Yankees. Henry is here. Huh? Oh. And when was the last time you guys saw me just happy? Henry's Henry's really happy right now. And I think it's going to get even better with Yoshinobu in a couple days. But unless you guys have anything else to add in, fun episode coming out tomorrow as well. We will have a announcements Sunday night where we can discuss more of the deal that's going to be announced or the one thing that will be announced on tomorrow morning's episode. Huge. We'll also do a lot of other stuff on that podcast as well. So for Dylan, Nico, Henry, and David, until the next time, the side is retired.